from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Good morning, security gang. Welcome to the Cyber Hub Podcast. I'm James Azar, your host. Thank you so much for tuning in this Tuesday, February 27th, 2024. We've got a packed show for all of you security practitioners and enthusiasts today. A lot going on for many practitioners, including the finally the release of the new NIST CSF 2.0, which we'll be kicking off the show with, as well as vulnerabilities, data breaches, and some fines, things that any practitioners should be paying attention to in the course of their due diligence and their work each and every single day. Please make sure to follow us on your favorite social media platform like LinkedIn. Go give us a subscribe on YouTube, Facebook, X, and anywhere else you get your podcasts as well as your uh, uh, podcast listening platforms like Apple, Google, and and so forth. And please uh, give us a subscribe while you're at it. And now, without further ado, join me for a tradition here on the show a coffee cup cheers that's right we cheers espressos this morning i've got a double espresso whatever you're drinking i hope you enjoy it coffee cup cheers y'all in the late hours of the morning yesterday after our show the nist csf 2.0 dropped this is for those who don't know the nist cybersecurity framework has been at the epic center of everything we do as practitioner it's at a compliance level at a cybersecurity risk perspective it's at a practitioner uh, of, of what you're complying with. It's, it's the standard in the industry. And many have looked at it as kind of being a guidance rather than an actual framework, specifically because it's not very operational. One of the knacks on the original framework was that it wasn't very operational. It was great from a kind of a risk perspective, but it didn't really break down to operations. And NIST, hearing that feedback, decided to embark on a journey. The journey was to bring a more relevant, more operational framework 2.0. And one could argue that they may have pulled this one off. The original five in the NIST, Identify, Protect, Detect, Respond, and Recover, have now been added by Govern. So Govern has been added as an additional key area within the NIST cybersecurity framework, which is great. In addition, of uh, the addition of the govern function provides a vital and, and missing piece of the previous framework. Uh, this is again specific uh, to to comparing you know the original two version 2.0. And there's a lot of comments here of people talking about you know what it does. But one thing it it, it really does do as someone who who is now in utilities is it really does provide a framework to help defend ICS and OT cyber something the old framework didn't really very much address. So there are subcategories that also apply to IT and OT environment. The old NIST framework had kind of a very much IT feel to it. It didn't really encompass everything. Govern also provides corporate governance of security, which is critical for so many practitioners. I think maybe Chris Fallon and I might do something on Friday around NIST 2.0 and then go back to our zero trust conversation that we had last Friday, uh, but definitely something worth tuning in for as we kind of try to break down this new NIST 2.0 framework. So there's that. Tyson Krupp is confirming a breach in their automotive division last week, forcing them to shut down their IT systems 
as part of their response to the event. Tyson Krupp is one of the world's largest steel producers. They employ over 100,000 personnel. They have an annual revenue of just over $44 billion. The firm is crucial in the global supply chain of products that use steel as a material across various sectors, including machinery, automotive, elevators, escalators, industrial engineering, renewable energy, and construction. Again, the cyber attack only impacted part of their automotive body production division. And here's a trend that I've noticed with these very, very large organizations, specifically when we look at what happened with Schneider Electric's um, division, where, where they went through a ransomware attack. It only impacted the sustainability division within Schneider Electric. Now Tyson Krupp comes and says, we've segmented our business networks. They're separate. They're segmented. They rarely interact. And if they do, it's done in a, in a, in a very controlled manner. And so they were able to get into their automotive body solutions, but weren't able to really impact the rest of the company. And this goes to the basic resilience that every CISO should be aiming and shooting for in a large type of organization. Separate your business divisions, segment those networks, create resiliency in those networks, test individual response and recover time, and then Additionally, look at overall supplementation of being able to supplement a team that may have to be shut down by using assets that exist within other divisions. And if you do that correctly on a large scale, well, then, folks, you have a really set agenda and a really resilient InfoSec program. And so this is what we see here. There's no, no news over what this is, if it's a ransomware, an attack, a data breach. No one's claimed responsibility as of yet. So we'll keep our eyes kind of pinned to see what happens there and bring you those updates as they become available. The United Healthcare subsidiary Optum that's been going through a data breach that we've discussed recently has now been confirmed to be a victim of the Black Cat ransomware group, according to sources familiar with the investigation. This led to change healthcare shutting down, something we talked about on the show last week, and the change healthcare piece was overshadowed by the AT&T outage. Those happened simultaneously, same night, and people don't understand. We're all, well, oh, my AT&T phone doesn't work. Well, people couldn't get their prescriptions at pharmacies. They couldn't pay, process payments at hospitals and health healthcare clinics. They weren't able to get a coordination of care or, or even some of their data analytics because of the change healthcare outage. So, uh, you know, when you rank what was worse, I, I'd say change healthcare had probably a more uh, uh, direct impact on folks, meaning that specific outage impacted the well-being of, 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 of patients and of care providers, of, of medical practitioners. So there's been an 8K that's been filed here. It appears to be a ransomware attack, and it appears to be part of the smart uh, um, ConnectWise Smart Connect Authorization Bypass Flaw CVE 2024-1709er. So there's that as well. Black Cat obviously still creating havoc there as well. Organizations that are moving to cloud-based infrastructure should be paying attention as Russian cyber espionage actors are adapting and having switched to targeting cloud services according to a fresh warning from the five eyes, those five eyes are the US, Canada, UK, Australia, and New Zealand. They issued a drone alert calling urgent attention to recent TTPs associated with Cozy Pair, a notorious 
group linked to the Russian intelligence services. Instead of exploiting vulnerabilities to hack on-prem infrastructure, they've now been observed launching brute force and password spurring attacks to compromise service accounts in the cloud. Furthermore, there was they were observed using tokens to access victim accounts and bypassing MFA using a, a technique known as MFA bombing or MFA fatigue. Following initial access, the attackers typically register their own devices to the victim network, then deploy a sophisticated post-compromise tools. Additionally, they've seen relying on residential proxies to hide their malicious activity by making the traffic appear to originate from the IP addresses of residential broadband customers. All in all, this is a significant development for Cozy Bear and one that many companies in the cloud should be paying attention to. A ad fraud campaign named Subdue Mailing is using over 8,000 legitimate IPs and, uh, and sorry, domains, 8,000 legitimate domains and 13,000 subdomains to send up to 5 million emails per day to generate revenue through scams and malvertising. The campaign called Subdue Mailing is threat actors hijack abandoned subdomains and domains belonging to well-known companies to send their malicious emails. In some cases, to take advantage of configured SPF and DKIM email policies that tell secure email gateways that the emails are legitimate and not, not spam. Some notable brands that fell for this, MSN, VMware, McAfee, The Economist, Cornell, CBS, NYC.gov, PwC, Pearson, the Better Business Bureau, UNICEF, the ACLU, Semantic, Java, Marvel, and eBay. All of these brands involuntarily lend legitimacy to fraudulent emails. Uh, Guardio researchers Nati Tal and Oleg Zaitesev discovered the ad fraud campaign and reported the operation that's been underway since at least 2022, so two years in the making, um, and how they're bypassing this. And, and this is significant fraud, folks. They're essentially taking advantage of people's familiarity with your brand in order to scam them into believing they're getting a great deal on one of the products only to collect money and never send a product causing damage as well as they're doing ad revenue uh, fraud as well, where they're essentially hijacking ad revenue from these brands as well. So they've do the Guardio labs have, has created a subdue mailing checker list that allows domain owners to detect if their brand is being used uh, and abused and to take action to stop and prevent it. The link is in the show notes. The MGM woes uh, haven't stopped. And MGM went through an event last year shortly after Black Hat with a ransomware attack that shut down operations there in September and October. MGM is now facing an investigation from regulators, uh, according to a 10K filing. MGM warned that it could face monetary fines and other actions as the result of the investigation. The company said it is reasonably possible that it can incur losses in connection with legal proceedings. Class action lawsuits, however, it's too early to estimate the impact. Uh, back then, this was the Black Cat Alpha 5 uh, with $100 million damages to the MGM group. Now regulators are down their throat as well as lawyers. In patching news, Taiwanese networking device maker Zixels rolled out patches for multiple defects in their firewall and access point products alongside warnings of unpatched systems that are at risk for remote code execution attacks. This impacts advisories with several several cves cve 2023 or all of those have been patched and have been added to the sisa kev catalog as being exploited in the wild 
The HHS has finally reached, finally, it reached its second ever settlement related to a ransomware attack, which exposed the protected health information of more than 14,000 people. The Maryland-based Green Ridge Behavioral Health agreed to pay $40,000 and implement a corrective action plan after investigation found potential, potential violations of the HIPAA rules and lax protections after the attack. They got away with a $40,000 is nothing. Uh, so that's the second fine by HHS on a healthcare organization. And finally, China for their end, their Ministry of Industry and Information Technology, aka their spying on everyone they've released a nation a data security plan within the nation's industrial sector the plan says that by the end of 2026 they are going to implement of protective measures that will be applied to more than 45,000 companies in that vertical in addition the ministry aims to complete 30,000 data security training sessions as well as add 5,000 individuals to the cybersecurity field in response to frequent risk scenarios such as ransomware attacks, vulnerability backdoors, legal operations by personnel, non-controlled remote operations and maintenance, we will strengthen risk self-examination and self-correction according to them. One thing, uh, as, as, as I was looking up the story and I was speaking to someone I know overseas, uh, by, by uh, um, one thing that's going on in China that, that maybe not being talked about a lot, but um, insider threat, for these Chinese organizations is immense. Uh, people who work in a lot of these companies in China will sell out their companies for uh, a few thousand dollars. Um, so something to keep in mind as uh, China gets concerned as they become extremely aggressive uh, heading into uh, 2024 and 2025 with Xi Jinping's 100-year plan uh, trying to make it a 20-year plan or a 25-year plan. That's it for our show this morning. Please make sure to subscribe, follow our Substack, follow us on your favorite podcast listening platform, give us a like and a share. If you have any stories, you can always DM us uh, any stuff that you'd like us to see us cover in more detail. Please do let me know. Until then, have a great rest of your day. And most importantly, all stay cyber safe. We love feedback, so make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform. 